Welcome to the Health Leaders Finance Podcast. I'm Jack O'Brien, Finance Editor for Health Leaders. My guest today is Matt Cox, CFO at Spectrum Health in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Matt, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Jack. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm the CFO of Spectrum Health System. We're uh, headquartered in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We have 14 hospitals in our system. Uh, we have employed physicians. And we also have a large health plan, Priority Health, that just surpassed a million members. So we're really excited about that uh, achievement as an organization. Well, we look forward to all your insights and just kind of give our audience some background. By the time this podcast is released, there's going to be less than two months left in 2020. And while this year has certainly been one of the most challenging on record, in the next few months are likely to be marked by widespread uncertainty stemming from the pandemic, hospitals across the country are trying to finish off the year on a strong note. To do so, that requires reigniting the revenue engine, pursuing capital diversification, and cutting out unnecessary expenses. This all comes in the absence of a silver bullet to fix these short-term and long-term obstacles. So systems must remain open-minded about what strategies will help them maintain financial solvency. With all of that in mind, let's start our conversation there. Matt, I know you serve on the board of HFMA, and I'm curious, just based on your conversations you've had with other health system CFOs, what are some of the lingering financial challenges facing provider organizations? And what are some strategies that you or other leaders have found effective to going against those challenges? Great. That's a great place to start. But before I answer that question, uh, you mentioned the HFMA Board of Directors. So for me, it's a real honor to serve on the uh, National Board of Directors for HFMA. HFMA has been an important part of helping me navigate my career uh, via healthcare finance education. And I form relationships there that will last my entire career and my lifetime. HFMA is the primary means of education for much of my team. And I'm really proud of the hundreds of certifications my employees have earned over the past 12 months. So I'm a real fan of HFMA and uh, it's a great organization. Uh, so to get into answering some of your questions, being a member of HFMA, uh, in addition to being a board member, I have the opportunity to talk to a lot of people. And as I talk to others, I often hear about strategies of, of shifting from volume to value. And those that have made this shift are more likely faring well than others that haven't during, the, during this pandemic. Along with that, I see CFOs embracing value as a strategic advantage, uh, making sure that patients understand the value that, that they're getting by staying within an integrated delivery system, not having extra tests, getting good pricing. All, all of that, I think, is really important, and I, and I hear some that are really uh, capitalizing upon that as a system, as, with, as we are at Spectrum Health. Many of us are also focusing on the basics, too. So just because there's new things that we need to be working on doesn't mean that benchmarking, productivity, revenue cycle, supply chain are any less important. In fact, a lot of CFOs, including myself, are doubling down on our core business and making sure that we're running them very efficiently and that they benchmark well against our peers. Many CFOs know that we must thrive with digital healthcare, so there's lots of conversations around that. We've seen a significant shift to digital over the past few months, and we need to make sure that we don't simply revert back to the old way of providing care post COVID-19. There's lots of conversations about automating everything that we can. There's so much opportunity in our industry to embrace automation and it's challenging to find staff right now, uh, even during this pandemic. So automation is a great tool to help staff be more productive. 
I'm not just talking about back off office functions as, as a lot of people have done, but we've also implemented things like autonomous tugbots to move supplies and meal trays within our large hospitals. And we're also looking at a lot of really other neat stuff that uh, has a great return on investment that we plan on implementing uh, over the next few months. There's a lot of uh, CFOs that talk about their home-based care capabilities and curbside services and drive-through testing. So we're all doing those things. And that's part of responding to COVID-19, but I believe it's also uh, responding to the way that patients wanna be treated beyond COVID-19. And lastly, I would say that being a integrated delivery system at Spectrum Health that, that uh, has both care and coverage has been a great structure for us. And it's helped us uh, continue to perform well even through this pandemic. And there are a lot of other approaches that CFOs are taking to take on risk uh, and start insurance companies or partner with insurance companies or change their contracting to, to, be, to accept all the, uh, an additional level of risk. So th those are some of the conversations that, that, I, that I hear. Uh, generally, everybody's working really hard and trying to make sure that uh, we continue to thrive as an industry and continue to, to deliver necessary patient care. I appreciate all that background and certainly it's helpful speaking with somebody like yourself who obviously gets to interface with a lot of different leaders across the industry. Going to one of my other questions, which I think kind of ties in with what you were talking about, how has this pandemic affected your approach to healthcare finance and maybe what are some of those silver linings sure. in terms of innovations or changes that you've been talking about that other leaders are looking to implement to be more efficient, to be more nimble? Yeah, that's that's a good a good uh, uh, question as well. And I was actually just talking to one of my uh, employees today about the silver lining of of him being able to be at home and spend time with his new 11 month old. So this this individual works in our tax department, and I was in signing some 990s with him today, and uh, he 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 was really valuing the time that he's been able to spend with his this child. Um, and having a, a additional time, even if it's just at lunch, to, to hold the child and uh, spend more time with them. So I think that's one thing that we may look back at and say that that was a great time in our life to, to be able to spend more time with family. But certainly the pandemic is something that none of us have ever done before. I can't, I can't say, well, I did this you know, 10 years ago when I worked in this job. This is new for pretty much all of us in healthcare. And so my approach was to focus first on responding to the virus. So we did everything that we needed to do to uh, be compliant with the orders from our governor, but also uh, we knew that we had to serve our communities well, and we had to make sure we had necessary PPE, and we wanted to make sure we had plenty of ventilators. And so we did everything that we needed to do, and we did it with increasingly open communication and transparency. So we're we, we've been holding lots of meetings with our staff and our community. And I think that's been received very well. And I think that that's one of those silver linings that we learned from. And we're gonna continue to communicate better than we ever have before. Uh, we were able to uh, reignite our revenue engine pretty quickly at Spectrum Health. Uh, we now value our call center more than we ever had. It was really nice to have a call center so that when we uh, got the green light to start uh, performing elective cases again, we could fire those cases up pretty quickly in our integrated delivery system. Uh, we did some things early on because we didn't know what we we're up against, like uh, we froze some retirement contributions and we 
had some pay reductions for our employed physicians. But in both cases, because we've been able to recover quickly, we've been able to reverse those decisions and, and hold those employees whole for the year. In addition to responding, we've also been encouraging all of our employees to reimagine our work. We've been challenging the teams to think about what can we do in a different way? Some of those things can be like, can we do curbside vac uh, vaccinations? And, and the answer to that was yes. And then we move forward to how do we keep doing curbside vaccinations in the winter in Michigan? So uh, there's never a dull moment, but I think that we've done a nice job of continuing to reimagine what we've done. We keep talking about what can we do virtually? How can we more effectively work through the uh, backlog of cases and those types of things? I think it's really interesting to hear you talk about this idea of reimagining work. It almost kind of sounds like something out of Disney in terms of just thinking outside the box and looking for different ways to change around your organizational structure. Kind of going to one of the, the last points you made there about the vaccination. Obviously, at this point, we're speaking in early November. There's kind of a growing sense that we're on the cusp of potentially getting some some really encouraging vaccine data. And then the next question will obviously be the rollout from a leadership perspective, how are you going about looking at that timeline and what does it look like for Spectrum in terms of distribution and then getting back to something even close to what we had as normal? Yeah, so I, I, I'm not sure when a vaccine will be widely distributed and how effective it will be. You know, what we hear are the physicians that we have on our senior leadership team give us updates and, you know, certainly we're encouraged and we're hopeful that certainly we could have a vaccine and it could be widely distributed by the end of 2021, sooner the better. And, and we are gearing, gearing up and making sure that we have all the necessary things to make sure that we can be one of the organizations that can distribute millions of vaccines, that, at least hundreds of thousands, if not millions. So we've, we've bought the, the, the sub freezing uh, refrigerator or freezers and We've, we've gotten enough stock of uh, syringes and other things so that we can uh, deliver these vaccines. So we're, we're planning on being part of the solution there. As far as what it'll look like when we're on the other side of it, I think that there's some things that are gonna be different. Uh, certainly in our back office functions, we've proven that we can be very effective uh, working remotely. We've proven that uh, people can work remotely from 10 miles from our hospitals or a thousand miles from our hospitals. So we, we used to, to try to keep our employee base pretty close to Michigan, and that's changed over the pandemic. And I think that there's a lot of places that are being much more flexible about where people can live. But I do see uh, continued work from home, uh, even after people can come back to the office. Uh, one, I, our employees love it. They, they love those opportunities to, spend time with a young child or uh, at lunch or spend, you know, at, at noon, go out and uh, go on a walk with the dog or, or whatever. They, they love that. They also miss their team. And so I think that the hybrid approach will be for, for our back office functions again, working at home some or remotely, and also being able to come in to, to a vibrant center, uh, work with their team, work on culture, build, build the team together, train new employees, and then go back and, and uh, work remotely. So I think it's gonna be a bit of a hybrid and we're uh, having lots of conversations on how it'll be, how it'll work. 
and it'll probably be different by team. There's some teams that uh, remote work works great, and there's others where they need to be in the office. Some of my teams report to me are in the office now. You know, security reports up through me. Obviously, they can't work from home. Facilities uh, has to work mostly uh, in our facilities and in the offices. But but others like Treasury and Revenue Cycle and uh, Accounting, they're they're doing great work, and they're doing it remotely. Remember, just a few months ago, back in March, we did our first close, totally remote, and uh, we didn't think we could do that. And and now we're getting ready to do our first year end, totally remote, and it's all working great. It's interesting to hear you talk about that. I was speaking with a CFO from California yesterday, and he was saying that their organization is kind of split in terms of some people saying, you know, I could see myself working remotely for the rest of my time with the organization other people saying this has worked out fine i feel productive but i want to get back in the office so obviously there's kind of that same dynamic at least from what it sounds like you're communicating to me that's taking place at spectrum as well absolutely yeah so i i think it'll be different with teams some teams are going to be very effective and some are not going to be effective but even as i think about myself as a cfo i've been very effective uh working at home uh, and, I, and, and I've been working at home a few days a week, uh, probably on average two, two to three during the pandemic. And, and I can see in, in a post-pandemic world where I stack up my meetings on Fridays and I do lots of uh, Teams calls with my team and do mentoring and those types of things on Friday. Um, but, you know, we'll have to uh, take it as we get it and we'll have to understand what are the issues two years from now, a year from now. And how do we best approach that? And how do we best continue to lead? Absolutely. Well, Matt, you've been very generous with your time. I just have one more question for you. And it has to kind of go back to the finance angle for a second, which is we're having this conversation on election day. And obviously, we're not going to get into politics, especially because by the time this runs, who knows what the world will look like. But um, from your perspective, do you what is your sense for how hospitals and health systems can get through the winter financially speaking? Obviously, at this point, there is no additional stimulus package. We had the CARES Act in the spring, but there's still ongoing discussions about what that, if another one could be delivered in the next couple of weeks or months. What is your expectation? And in the absence of a potential economic stimulus, how would you recommend an organization like yourself or other health systems get through the winter financially speaking? Well, I think uh, the answer is it depends, which you know you hate to say, but it really depends on the market uh, that you're in. It, can, it depends on your current financial situation. It depends on, is there a, a major spike in the fall? We're starting to see some increased activity of COVID in, in our Grand Rapids facilities. Uh, it's all manageable at this point in time, but if we saw a massive increase that, that uh, went in well into into the winter, into the spring, there we would have some concerns about uh, no additional uh, federal help. But uh, where we're at right now as a system is we're we're financially secure. I mean, we're a double A rated system with uh, almost eight billion dollars in revenue between our care and coverage of our system, and we typically have about you know three and a half percent operating margin. This year, it's going to be a little less than that. It is going to be positive, uh, I predict. Uh, our our budget for next year is also positive without any federal uh, aid. But again, that um, assumes a, a relatively low amount of COVID and, and, a, and hopefully a vaccine coming shortly. 
So, you know, that's not, not real, a real direct answer uh, because I think it's going to really vary by uh, market. To be honest with you, I would be almost be more skeptical if there was a direct answer. I think there's plenty of uncertainty <laughs> that that kind of keeps leaders uh, guessing. So we'll we'll be sure to keep an eye on it and see obviously how you and other health systems certainly in the Midwest fare. But I really do appreciate you speaking with us. Your insights have been so helpful, and we hope to when things calm down a little bit more, maybe we can have a follow up conversation, kind of a retrospect. But certainly wish you and your organization the best, and thank you for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much. I've uh, enjoyed uh, talking to you and uh, look forward to the to the postmortem after it's all said and done where we can catch up and find out what we did right and what we can do better next time. Absolutely. I think we could all benefit from that. Well, Matt, thank you again. And thank you to our listeners for joining us on the Health Leaders Finance Podcast. Until next time, keep taking care of your patients and each other.